Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality. I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. Okay, so before I introduce the guest, I want to ask you guys a quick favor. I promise it will only take a minute. If you can please go to iTunes, give me a five-star rating, a short, short review, glowing, of course, would be preferable. I would really appreciate it. Today on the podcast, a very talented comedian and actor, Cedric the Entertainer. You know him from basically everything, including the Barbershop movies, Steve Harvey show, Soul Man, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and now his new show premiering October 1st on CBS called The Neighborhood. Cedric, someone I've been lucky to know for almost a decade now, and you'll be able to tell from this interview, he's just a really cool, down-to-earth, smart, and of course, very funny guy. I love talking to him. We talked all about his journey from his St. Louis roots to his start in stand-up comedy and then on to his amazing movie and TV career. He is super prolific. It's a really fun, wild, and actually unpredictable ride. Okay. We are doing this. We're here. So, Lisa. Hey, Sam. What's happening? <laughs> We're on the lot. I feel so cool. I'm on a lot. This is one of the best lots in the world. I mean, right? the CBS Radford right here in Studio City. It's just kind of like, you know, for me, it was like, um, you know, I did the Steve Harvey show here. And so it just kind of reminds me of what Hollywood is. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize that. That's such a good callback. That's like kind of where it all started for you. I mean, not litter, but kind of where you first made your name. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of one of the places for sure. I mean, I, you know, I did. uh, BT's comic view before then. Yes, uh, that, that was, was that uh, was, well known. It made me hood famous. <laughs> <laughs> now you're what is it? What, what's the was that show, show? White person famous? Yeah, I'm white, screwing be, it yeah up. white famous. White famous. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That was like, exactly. I love it. So wait, what year was Steve Hart? Like was that 15, Steve Harvey's, 20 years? Yeah, ago? no, it was like uh, uh, late nineties. Late nineties, and then was Martin like after ended. that? Martin was before us. Before it, yeah, okay. Yeah. God, we're going way back. Yeah, here. it's true. Okay, so all right. So first of all, I always start by saying how I know my guest, and I feel like it's been almost like eight or nine years since yeah. we first met, which is crazy. Yeah, because time flies, and you look exactly the same. Is that, that's a trip, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it goes is. Back, and you, you were coming out here. You were actually living on the East Coast. At the I time. was. I was in Philly, Philly. And, so uh, the first time we met, I don't know if you remember this. I was trying to pitch a show about comedians, like up and comers, who were sort of like almost sort of the dark side of comedy, like what it's really like to try to make it. Yeah. And Rakia Reynolds, do you remember Rakia? No. Okay, so she was a producer who pitched it to me. Classic. And I. And I said, this is a great show, but I feel like we need a celebrity EP to kind of elevate it. Do any of these guys open for anybody famous? And one of the guys, I'm spacing on his right. name. Naeem. Yes, yes, it was Naeem. Yeah, Naeem. He was exactly. opening for you. And so you signed on. And I, I'll never forget this because, you know, we all in this business deal with celebrities and their posses and their annoying publicists and all that crap. And you showed up for our breakfast before our meetings in New York and you're like, just you and you're ready to go and you're on time. And I'm like, everyone was like, who, what's going on? Like, oh, yeah, who is this that. guy? Like, how is he like just so normal? And I can honestly say like eight years or whatever it is later, like you're the same guy. You're just that guy. Yeah. yeah. You're just a real normal freaking person. Yeah, I like I like good ideas. I like to just kind of get in and grind it out. And, you know, I take that attitude to mostly everything that I do. And so 
And, you know, if I could trust the people that I'm doing it with, then that makes it a lot easier. I mean, in this situation, you know, like in like in how we've like continued to try to work together is basically, you know, you'll call me and be like, yo, I, I trust Aliza. Aliza like, yo, if it sounds solid, I'm like, it's not going to be a waste of time until, you know, we either run into the whatever the roadblock is going to be. But. For what we're doing, we're going to do it. So totally. I feel I the same way with you. It's always yeah. been so easy yeah. to just, we just jive, we get along. Yeah. We, it's like you're easy to work. You're just, you're just that person. I yeah. mean, I can't, I, it's not just because you're doing my podcast. Yeah, I can yeah. say <laughs> off the mic, you are just one of those people. It's just, it's a, pl- and honestly, like I was looking at your Wikipedia earlier, which, you know, I'm sure is super reliable, but yeah. just looking at your list of stuff, like, yeah. Is a re- there's a reason why you are always working. I mean, you are just, you're a guy that just like responds to good material. You create great material yeah. and you just do the work. Yeah. And you don't, you're not like out there being one of those people. Yeah. I don't, you know. <laughs> Hollywood. Yeah. It's super Hollywood about it. You know, I just got to be only with my famous friends <laughs> and only do stuff with people who are really big time and, you know. But you know those yeah, people. Yeah, of course, you know. <laughs> and I mean, you know, it, it, it is 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 a unique Unique space. I feel like, you know, because coming from St. Louis and, you know, just always having to be that way, uh, you know, having people doubt you from very early on, you know, and some of some of my biggest wins were things that people didn't even believe was going to happen. I'm like, yo, you know, this is real. Like you like, OK. Like, was that like when you went from being an insurance agent to being a comedian? Yes. Yes. Even that one. Yeah. Right? But, like, know, that's a but, crazy yeah. thing. Yeah, so, you make those choices. I remember, like, even when I became the host of BT's Comic View. Yeah, really, never forget right it. There. It's huge. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was interesting because this kind of goes back to your point. It was that, I, you know, I'd done HBO and everybody was telling me, stick to HBO. Don't go to BT. It's too small. Interesting. And I'd written all this material and HBO said, well, we, you know, we did you already. You did okay. Uh, we're not going to, we're not going to do you now. And I said, no, I got all this new stuff. I said, no, we're not going to do you now. So I just knew I had to perform. So I said, I'm going to go do BET because I just need to get this material out. And when I did, it just so had, it was all serendipitous because they happened to, the show I was doing, I was just going on as a regular act. They decided to look for a new host that season. I was so funny, I became the new host. As the new host, I was on every night. When I became on every night, I became a household name. Yeah. And that, you know, you know. Okay, so what's the lesson? What's the lesson? The lesson is. Well, the lesson is really just, you know, to kind of believe in your own strategies, you know, a lot of times because everybody was telling me BET was too small for me. Like, don't do something that's beneath you. And you don't know what's beneath you because you don't know where the the real the, the the real opportunity exists in any situation, you know, to walk into a, a room about developing a comedy show for for from one reason and then meet a person that you can do business with eight years later. That's the gift. It's not really that one. It's not the yeah, the thing like, that you went in. Right. You know? It's so, where the road leads you. Exactly. And it's funny because you ended up doing one of the most creative and underrated shows the last year. I think the the comedy get down on BET. Oh my god! I mean that 
I, I don't know. Love that, right? Was, so talk about that because people can still watch it on demand. I have to say that is yes. a hidden gem, yeah. and I wouldn't have watched it if you weren't in it because I just didn't really know about it. Sure, but that's I don't know if it was on the wrong network or it was, wasn't promoted it was around. Or, okay, definitely <laughs> not to slag on yeah. being too, but yeah, well, that well, was well. like that felt like an HBO show, right? It was, and it was you know it was a it was one of those weird opportunities too because. Um, you know, at the time we were building the brand and we had actually, we had Netflix that was interested in it. And then we had a comedy central that wanted to do it. I see it. Yeah. And so what happened was we decided to go with comedy central, but because they're all Viacom, it was, it was a, it was a little going things going on at BET where the, because they're Viacom, they felt like they were letting them have bigger budgets to do shows, to get their stars, which it was, you know, it was, you know, all these minority stars and they felt like they should have been able to, to do the show. And so Comedy Central conceded in the middle of the deal. And so, so therefore- you had no choice, basically? Basically, because it was oh all Viacom. We could have, we could have right. backed but out. Then, but then like, what if it didn't go but anywhere? But then it would have, for, for all of the black guys, it would have looked really bad, <laughs> like, you know. So it was well, you and it was Charlie Murphy who has yeah, since passed, passed, sadly. Yes. And George Lopez. Yeah, Eddie Griffin and D.L. Hewley. Right, and so this came, and so it came from an actual organic thing of you guys going on the road together. It was kind yeah. of very hybrid Yeah, it was, it was a hybrid version of the tour that we actually do, and we're yeah. still doing it. Are you? And so... And how much was improvised versus how much was scripted? A lot of improv. Yeah. yeah, a lot of improv on there. So they would... Uh, it was some great producers, guys that had done like a lot of other shows. You know, they they came from Chelsea, handling shows, a lot yeah. of stuff. And so they knew how to do that, that world. And so they would just give us skeletons, and we would just wow. kind of like... Fill it up, and it was great, and we had a great time, and it and it felt really real to our experience, even though a lot of things were hyper. But what happened is, we start telling them stories, and then they would just take those stories and make them, you know, scripted ideas. Right, and it, yeah, it felt so real, even though it was scripted. You yeah, know, like it yeah. was just organically. It was, funny. it was really true. Yeah, the whole inward episode about. You know, a company giving us so many N-words a night. We're like, really? But that happened, like, because we were looking for sponsors. Oh, wow. And it became this whole thing about, well, which brands actually is okay, or would actually be okay with the language that you use? And we're in this politically correct society, and it was everybody was scared and you know, either had to be with a liquor company or, you know, but it was that was that. Those are the best kind of shows where, like, the storylines write themselves. Yeah, exactly. It's just all from what you've experienced. Yes. So, back- are you hot? I can turn. To no, no, hair. I'm good. Okay. I'm just, I, I'm squirmy. Okay. <laughs> so back to St. Louis. Yeah. So I have a theory that everyone from the Midwest is really nice. Okay. <laughs> Specifically, <Yeah>. St. Louis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but do you, I mean, it, or like a humility, <clears throat> like a, you know what I mean? No airs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for the most part, I think that you know it is. Uh, you know, it's kind of get up, go, you know, do your thing, do your job, stay out of your way, stay in your own lane. You know, I think that's pretty much the attitude. I mean, you you know, and then usually, um, you know, it, it goes from zero to 100 if you cross that line. So it's, <laughs> it's the, one of the two things that you get in St. Louis. And then you have to get out. Yeah, you have to get out. <laughs> one of the reasons why it was like I was always in the murder capital thing. <laughs> Like, oh, my boy town, like people like really need to calm down and and have a conversation. Yeah. What about so you from all accounts, it seems like you had a pretty normal childhood for a comedian. 
Yeah, right? no doubt. Like I mean, no, no, like horrible abuse. I mean, it feels yeah. like most comedians no. have just like the worst childhoods ever. Yeah, exactly. Right? No, actually, no. It was real simple. I mean, you know, in single parent household, but my yeah. mother was amazing. She was a school teacher. Uh, we spent, you know, the early part of my life in a small town called Carothersville, Missouri. Uh, it was in the boot hill of Missouri, like. Um, near the Arkansas border. I always say it's in between Memphis and St. Louis. Is that like, like the Ozarks or am I totally No, off? that's a little okay. different. That's a little more uh, west of Ozarks. Okay. This is this is just it wasn't swampy. Yes, yeah, rural and small town. Small Wait, did you have town. an accent back then? Not really. Okay, it's not, so it's, it's always not, that. Yeah, it's not very um it's not, you know, twangy anything <laughs> down there. You twangy. Yeah, you don't have a have a Crothersville kind of thing. I don't even know. Maybe it might be a couple people down there. Sounds yeah, like there. There you go. It's coming back. Yeah. So then, did you always know you were funny? Yeah, you know, I re- I remember being a funny kid, like yeah. you know, like a like, clown like, guy. No, but I was just you know, people would liked my personality. <laughs> I was I was never really the class clown, probably mainly because my mother was a school teacher. So <laughs> you couldn't be. So I had like these, you know, and she always taught, you know, even even up into. Up into high school, she taught in at least the same school district that we were in because okay. she worked in the same school district. So teachers knew her. They knew her from these conferences. It just was a place where you just wouldn't go crazy. But I was funny. Like, people were like, yo, you funny, man. Yeah. So what me was it just that, like, from where you were from, you didn't see a path through to become an actor comedian. Right. <laughs> like you it know. wasn't just like in the options. Of- yeah. Yeah. You know, you're in the, <laughs> you're in the Midwest. You, you don't believe it. Everybody you see on TV, they just, you know, they appear to be shinier and better than anything that you can ever be. You wouldn't, you know, and it, it was, it wasn't until, you know, like those really, um, you know, that, that started a really emergence in the, in the mid to the early eighties of HBO. Okay. When you start to kind of see a lot more comedians of color, right. People from all kinds of places in the world. And they would be introduced as such, you know, mm-hmm. this guy's from Rochester, New York. And this guy, you're like, right. Okay. Like small towns like you're mine. Like, okay. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> okay. So, and who were your, not to yeah. ask a Mark Marin question, but who were your guys? Did you so, have like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hate when he asked yeah, that. Yeah. You know, at that time, you know, my, my number one guy was the late, uh, Robin Harris. Uh, his, Robin is. Harris was known for this joke, baby kids. You know, he, he was a big joke, but he was in a lot of Spike Lee movies. Uh, but he was a he was a comedian that you know you know people always say that he's a comedian's comedian. But he would make comedians laugh, and he was quick with it, and he was aggressive, and he wasn't shiny. He mm-hmm. was a he was the kind of guy that looked like your uncle. <laughs> he looked like your cousin up there, and. And his delivery was that. It was very personable. You know, mm-hmm. let me look around the room. Let me see. Look at this outfit you got on. <laughs> and so from that, you started to recognize like, oh, you don't have to wear leather suits. And, uh, you right. know, but but Eddie Murphy was one of my guys. Yeah. And Damon Wayans, um, you know, Tommy Davison. These were the people, Billy Crystal, Robin Williams, yeah. you know, I loved comedy. Like yeah. those were my just guys. Just like ingesting it, watching, yeah, just, listening. Yeah, you know, just grew up. Anybody that, they would make me laugh, you know, Jonathan, I mean. Uh, Winters. Was, John, yeah, yeah Jonathan, he was Robin Williams' idol. Oh, yeah, like them kind of dudes. I would just be dying when I was a kid. They made me laugh. Was Cosby your guy? Cosby was not my guy. He so was interesting, because he was mine. He yeah. was one of our, like, we used to watch that Bill Cosby himself right. over and 
over. Yeah, I, mean, I never liked the only. I liked the long stories only when Richard Pryor did it, but I never really <laughs> yeah. liked the, the fact that he told really long jokes. <laughs> so that was not never. He was never like really my guy. Well, good. So now you don't have to feel gross about it, right? You know, <laughs> like I'm clean. Like this, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I don't need to do a bait and switch on that one. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you're one of the few. Yeah, just switch. Yeah, just switch. Like yeah, I don't have to switch sides on that one. <laughs> right, you're good. Um, okay, so then you became logically an insurance agent. That made total sense. That makes sense. I mean, when you think about it. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, like, you, know, you go to school, you go to school, you get out, you get the degree, and then you just kind of start going around doing, you know, you know, the job fairs, and you do things, and you say you have a degree, and they tell you things that you can apply for. <laughs> right. And uh, State Farm was hiring. And, you know, hey, I had a college degree. Yeah. I went in, I, you know, you go there, you go, they, they say, okay, we like you. You go in, you do the program. You're probably good at it. I was not good at it. I'm glad, I'm glad that you just threw that out there. I was I was the worst, like, because really? I was a claims adjuster, right? So what happens is, you know, you have an accident, and then, you know, it's the guy that, you know, comes and looks at your oh, car. Oh, I thought you were it. selling, because no, I could no, see no, you selling. No, no the was, adjuster, maybe yeah, not. I was a claims adjuster. <laughs> that I sounds horrible, just, actually. It's like, man. But the thing is, is that, you know, I had a lot of power. Like, I could put you in a rental yeah, car. that's true. I can decide if your car is total right. and give you a big check to get you a new one. Did you like the power? You know, so, what? <laughs> I, I wielded ultimate power of people. He make you beg for I this. Love like it. this, you know. And then I was perfect. I was. I used to say that I, I spoke two languages. I spoke uh, regular English and angry Negro. Because <laughs> the black people would come in and threaten everybody about what they going to do when they caught it happening. What's going to happen? I'll blow this building up. You know, I was when the people be scared, they be in the back. I said, black people can't get dynamite. Oh my God, that's you know, hilarious. So true, you know, they fine. They don't have nothing. No, <laughs> no one get no dynamite. You fine. <laughs> we go out and talk to him. He just mad. That's great. So how long was that incredible ride? That was, uh, <laughs> I was claims adjuster for like four years. Really? And the thing is, I discovered comedy right about the same time I got the job. Okay. And so I would just kind of do comedy at night, and I would do this job, and that's. Well, did St. Know. Louis have a good down like a scene down there? Yeah, they had a great comedy yeah. scene. Yeah, it was a okay. lot. It was one uh, to this day. The Funny Bone Comedy Clubs uh, were headquartered there, mm -hmm. so they had two clubs in St. Louis, and then they had um, twenty-two clubs around the country that they booked. Not all of them were Funny Bones, but they had several Funny Bones, and they booked. 22 clubs. So if you got on their circuit, which I worked to do, yeah, you could go twice a year. And that gave me 44 dates. Wow. That's so a lot of dates. That That's when I quit my job. When okay. I got 44 dates. Because you dates. knew you could. So how did you? I had a base. Yeah. And how did, I mean, I guess you were already an adult by that point. So it wasn't like. Yeah, I was your, like 20, 26, 26. Okay. And then your first time, did you bomb? Did you kill? No, the first time I did comedy, I killed. I won 500 bucks. Oh my God. Yeah. And that, but it came. You know, a lot of people, you know, noticed, uh, I've told this story a couple of different times, but basically a guy that was, uh, you know, I, I had a house, I was working at State Farm, right. and I had a roommate, and my roommate was friends with a guy who was a comedian, and this guy would come and hang out with us, and I would be me, I would say funny things, he's like, oh, I mean, that's hilarious, can I keep that? And I said, to do what? Right. And he was like, yo, I'm a comedian, I'm going to go on stage. I said, dude, I'm an insurance adjuster, so do whatever you're going to do, so... 
And so one of the times he came back and he was hanging around us. And he was like, ah, shit, what? I made 1100 last week. And then the other night, the other day, I made 1400 And I was like, doing what? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> he was like, doing comedy, man. He was like, shoot, if anybody do this, you can. Was he any, do we know his name or was he uh, He's still busy. He's still out yeah? there. His name is Percy Cruz. That's interesting. Yeah, he still does like a lot of tours yeah. and he does. He's probably like not happy of, with you. He's like, he's good, no, I we, gave we, him a little we, tip. and we've talked, he we've took talked. He's cool. Okay, man. he's yeah. all right. Yeah, that cool. you uh, yeah. far surpassed. Yeah, yeah. All so right. you started it's doing cool. it, and then you just like felt like this is definitely it. Is my calling? Yeah. Once I, you know, once I did it, I recognized like you know, and I never was a kind of guy that could have a job. Like my mother used to always. <laughs> I always was trying to be an entrepreneur of some sort. Yeah. I would. I was the kind of dude that would like you know go and get sunglasses from like a you know you know a flea market, and then go somewhere else and try to sell them for a higher price, like just to make some money like, right you know, so you had like the hustle that. in you always. yeah i was like but man, not a like, time clock you know puncher no, like going in yeah doing the climb i i did state farm because they when you look at the thing they gave you a car and then you would get a company credit card nice i was pimping, <laughs> i was pimping the game like i was I like love oh it. that's why i want that job yeah hey like, everything serves a purpose yeah, exactly right? like yo and then you got insurance and all that kind of stuff so right and then once the comedy took off in St. Louis. How long before you made the move out here? It was, uh, it, that probably, again, like I said, I got the job at State Forum, started doing comedy, and I, I quit. So that fourth year, that, that fourth year, so it was about four years that I kind of worked it around St. Louis, worked it out, and then um, and then I um, I got, I, I decided, I told them, I told, I got the, I got the, um, the dates mm-hmm. from uh, the the comedy club where I got the twenty two right. days to book, right. and you have to earn those. You have to kind of earn, and they'll say, "All right, we're now booking you. You're one of our comics, but you're only the opening act. You make uh, three hundred and fifty for the week. You got to do oh boy, you got to do like nine shows, yeah. a lot of shows. <laughs> you work and you go, you drive. Yeah, you know right. they don't fly you. Right. They do I'm have sure a little, like two in the morning, like terrible a little condo times. that you live in right. is nasty as hell <laughs> in some cases. Uh, so, and you're the low man on the right, so you're paying boat. your dues. Right. And so, you know, but, you know, again, I looked at that number. I was able to save from State Farm. I was, I made some decent money. So I, I didn't, I didn't start in a deficit, but, you know, that was the year that HBO was, uh, Deaf Comedy Jam was starting to happen. A lot of other you know, opportunities in comedy were starting to happen. Living Color was still coming out. Mm-hmm. So the awareness, especially of the African-American comedian, was starting to be yeah. like this place where it was important. You can start going yeah. and doing one-nighters for $1,000. So the timing was amazing. Yeah, so the timing was perfect. <laughs> and, I, you know, I quit and was right at the cusp of it, when, you know, where it was going down. And did you think or did you just not think that, like that would all lead to this like, you know, film career and acting and everything else. Like what was your thought back then? Like, I just want to be a working comedian. No, no. My desire was to be famous, <laughs> okay. you know, without a doubt. So you had eye on the ball from day I one. I was like, look, I'm yeah, going to go for I'm it. Gonna be a, I want to be on television. I want to do How did you have that confidence? I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to be it. Like I just, you know, yeah. that's how I saw myself. Like You just you had know, it innately. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. Like, you know, I I'd performed in talent shows. I minored in theater in college. Okay. So I just believed I could perform and knew I could, and that's what I wanted to do. When did you change your name to Cedric the Entertainer? That was really young, and it, and that was another serendipitous moment. It wasn't really something that I tried to do. Like, I, you know, I was 
<laughs> I had been performing around the city of St. Louis and been going up, and I had a number of names. I was going really I, well, a few. I was going by Cheerio okay. at, at one time. <laughs> that's awesome. Just Cheerio. Just Cheerio. Oh, you know, because I my name started with a C. I thought it was something laugh, you know, happy, <laughs> and it would make you laugh. And I thought Cheerio was it. So it's not terrible. It's not terrible, but yeah. it was like yo. And I mean, I had a gold chain and everything. I said <laughs> of course Cheerio. you did. It's just like. <laughs> Somebody stole my jewelry one time and it's gone. But, but man, I had, I had to go chain. I found a picture with it where I had really? it on. Like, cheerio. Oh, chain. that's good. It's classic. And then, uh, I love it. And, but then, I, so I was performing one night and guys were really good. They were going up performing. And so the 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 the, the MC, he was like the owner of the place. He was growing. I mean, just remember him being a super adult. And he was like, this next comedian is blah, blah, blah. And the next comedian coming up here. So when he was getting ready to come to me, I was uncomfortable because I didn't have a lot of jokes. But in order to get paid, you had to do 30 minutes. You had to do. Oh, my time. God. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. I didn't have that right. kind of time. So Jesus. I would sing songs. <laughs> I would do poems. I had, I knew how to I had dance numbers. You I were would entertaining. Do. I was entertaining. So <laughs> I was. I told him, look, I don't have 30 minutes worth of jokes. Call me. Tell him I'm an entertainer. Don't say I'm a comedian. So just say I'm an entertainer. So when he walked on stage, he's like, this next guy. I love that story. Cedric the Entertainer. I don't, I've never heard that story before. Yeah. You didn't tell that to Jerry Seinfeld, Cedric. Uh, I think I did. No, uh, I got cut. Oh, Jerry. That's a great, yeah, really, yes, Jerry. Jerry. That's a great story. Yeah, That's was, so funny. Real. I always wondered about it, actually. Yeah. And I just kept it when I came up because right. I killed <laughs> And when I came off, he called me that again. Cedric the Entertainer. And I was like, that's it. I'm that, works, it. that works. Yeah. That's but so I've funny. had many, many people throughout my career tell me was to change it. Like when I first uh, got right, my managers and agent, right. Uh, we like, can't call yeah, you that. Dude, let's, you, you don't want to be that. You don't want to do that sort of thing. You know, lose the name. You know, go with your government name. I was like, dude, that's not what I do. Right? Yeah, and you know what? Like, like with everything, you stuck to your gut and yeah, your guns, exactly. and like, yeah. look where it's yeah, gotten you. Those guys know. Screw them, guys. Speaking of which, so like your business partner Eric, yeah. who thinks speaking of people that supported you and were loyal, yeah, you guys were together from day one, right? Yeah, from St. Yeah. Louis. Yep, straight. High school. College. College. Yeah, nice. Yeah, college. Did you good. like have plans together? Like were you like one day it's gonna be the two of us? We were we 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 became very close friends in college. So we were evenly yoked as partners, like just yeah. college boys, right? And then he left the school and went had to go to a different school. So he went. Um and so we you know, we were we were still good friends. We just didn't see each other that much. And so then when I started doing comedy, and we're both members of this fraternity, Cap Alpha Psi. Right. And and when I started to uh, do comedy, he came and saw me one time, and he was like, yo, man, you're really good. If there's any way I can help you, just let me know, you know, blah, blah, blah. So at the time, I had some managers, like local homeboys, people that were, you know, <laughs> thinking Hangers they were managers. On. Yeah, right. That's what you call them now. <laughs> But they thought that they were really helping me right. out. And then so I called him one day and just like, look, man, you know, I need these things. I need these things. Yeah. He said, let me make some calls. We made a handshake. Look, just do what, the, do what it is you say you're going to do. And we've been operating off that for 30 years. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I will go back to the beginning of this. Like, Eric's the same way as you. Just yeah. like he's easy to work with. He's a sweetheart. Yeah. He gets it. He's smart. And there's no yeah. bullshit. And he doesn't give you... Just so many manager types are just like, oh, God, yeah. I can't deal. And you guys, like, you just make it easy. You're yeah. just, you're a good 
it's your low maintenance. That's, yeah, that's, that's it. The best, yeah, because it's all about the work. And then again, yeah. you're trying to get something to work, and if it doesn't work, then you, <laughs> you say, "All right, yeah." Like, yeah, you, know, you don't have to be mad at people. You know, not have to get it doesn't have to get ugly. Yeah. Know? So um, I was just on a plane with my daughter from New York last week, and she was watching Barbershop too, which, by the way, is highly inappropriate for a ten year old. Sure. Nobody t- PG thirteen. I figure says, it's fine. No, it's pretty aggressive. She's, I'm look over. There's twerking, and there's and then she goes after the whole movie. She goes, "Mom." What's a gang? I was like, oh, oh shit. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I love looking over and seeing you with like your old man <coughs> makeup. Oh, one of my favorite characters. Right? So yeah. you how many have there been? Two or three? Three. So that was the third that she was, was third watching. One, yeah. Okay, I can't keep track. Yeah. And when was the first one? How many years ago? Oh, the first one was uh oh man, I'm, I'm gonna go like oh six, maybe. Oh, okay. I thought it was yeah. farther back. What was your first big movie? Uh, my first big movie was Maybe it may be Barbershop. It might be 04. Okay. That might be right. Okay. But my first big movie, bigger movie, I'm going to have to say it was probably that one. Like Maybe. people, like it was like you have arrived. But the one that I wanted to bring up because it just blew me away was Chris Rock's uh, oh, top five. Top five. I, I mean, if people, if you have not seen Cedric yeah. in that movie, <laughs> I mean, you must have been so psyched when you, because you were playing totally like nothing you'd ever played before. Right. It was, it, it was so, <laughs> it was fun because it was a guy, you know, we're, you know, as stand ups, we met this guy so many <laughs> right. times. So when Chris, I actually remember Chris wrote the movie and he did an early draft and he called me to do a read through. So it was a bunch of people like, Friends of his, star Maya Rudolph. And, okay. You know, just stars. Everybody just reading. Oh, so it's, not even like this is for the part. Right. Just, yeah. It's just, just like, like is this going to work? It. Yeah. Right. It's like a workshop. It. Let uh, me hear it. Fun. And, you know, and, uh, you know, and somebody else read that part, you know, but uh, later on we was talking, he was like, man, you know, when I heard this part, I was thinking like, say, you got to be this dude for me. I love it. I said, okay, bro, you know, just call me, you know. So when he got it ready, he just called right away. He was like, yo, it's ready. You know, would you be DJ for me? I said, no problem. You it was know? so, so describe the the character. So DJ, uh, and, uh, I mean, yeah, in this movie, he is a, uh, a, a a local promoter. So in the city of Houston, he's, and this is one of these guys in the early 80s, they were, they were ex-drug dealers and, you know, shakedown artists right. and all these things. And they started to do comedy shows and bring people to town. And so... <laughs> this is what he does. He, uh, so I'm bringing in, and this is what Chris Rock is playing a character that's coming to town. He's Chris Rock. I'm DJ, and I'm promising him the world. <laughs> right. I got the money. I can get you whatever you want. Drugs. I got whatever you need. <laughs> and it's usually all kind of false. <laughs> it's all bad. <laughs> it's all false bravado. Right. And it was just, I was like, dude, you say no more. Yeah. It must have been really fun. Yeah, it was so much fun to do that role. And, you know, and I hate and because the movie ended up getting kind of lost in the sauce around that whole uh, Sony debacle. That was the ah, year that, okay. uh, that, you know, Sony With got the interview hacked and all and, that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that was a Sony film? Uh, no, it just was nobody was going to the <laughs> box office. Got it. Everybody uh. was, the movie thing, it got messed up because everybody was all into, you know, was the interview going to be released? That was crazy. It was just, yeah, it was just crazy. I remember watching it on Netflix because like it just wasn't, I think they just, didn't they ultimately yeah, cancel yeah. it from the theaters? Yeah, they did, but they, they put it in a, like a limited amount. But okay, it was right. Like, that was a crazy, yeah, was crazy, crazy time. Yeah, it was crazy times in the movie business. The movie kind of got mixed up in it, lost in the 
the shuffle of what was new, what was news and what was promotion. Right? Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah, happens. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So you are probably in addition to movies, obviously super well known as a sitcom, as a, you know, road comedian, but also a sitcom actor yeah. and, um, did soul man on TV lamp for yeah. how many seasons was five that? Seasons. Wow. Five seasons, a lot of seasons. And so, yeah. so now you're, I mean, there's been a lot, I'm, I'm really brushing over a lot of stuff cause sure. there's just too much to get to, but I want to get to the new one coming out and we're going to drop this the day it premieres the neighborhood. Yeah. Tell me how the neighborhood came to be. So the neighborhood came to is after I did, uh, the, the soul man with TV land, um, you know, I was going around town just kind of trying to see what I wanted to do next and CBS, really have been wanting to be in business with me for a while. I'd been coming here for different different times. Even before TV Land, I came to do a meeting. It just wasn't right, you know, what we wanted, what they were trying to do. I went with TV Land. It was easier. Mm-hmm. And so they offered me a development deal, the, you know, that was a production deal. And so I was able to develop some shows. And in the process, we this script came, and this was one that they liked a lot. And I... They didn't, you know, they passed on most of the ideas that I developed and said, would you read this? I was upset. Yeah, I read it. And, you know, it didn't really register with me right away. Oh, interesting. It was uh, the idea was interesting, but it didn't feel like something I wanted to do. And then I met the creator and we met, we meshed. Who's the creator? Uh, Jim Reynolds. Okay. Uh, Jim Reynolds is from Big Bang Theory. He's out of that Chuck Lorre camp. Got it. And he's... uh, and and he's a really good, really good guy, like a real kind spirited dude who was writing a story about, you know, gentrification from the white guy's point of view, like moving into an all black neighborhood as a white dude. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what happened was when I read what he wrote, it only had his perspective. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it was offensive to me. Got and so, it. you know, I said, well, you know, we had the meeting and I said, look, if you know, if I get to say what I want to say on this show then, you know, it won't be so one-sided and we'll have a show. And he was like, okay. And we meshed and that's how this show came to be. So you are basically like a co-creator at this point because you melted yeah. it into what Yeah, to it what it is, is now. now, yeah. It's called The Neighborhood. Yeah. And it's on uh, CBS. That's so exciting. Premieres October 1st. Yes, yes, yes. And so um, is it, how many episodes for the so first season? So they ordered season? 12, they ordered 13. Well, we they ordered 13, but we ended up doing the pilot twice because we what? recast. Oh, yeah, tell so, us behind the scenes dirt. Well, I mean, we just, you know, <laughs> I guess, you know, we had a great little cast. We had a great cast when we shot the first pilot and it was another actor uh, in the lead. And uh, um, the network was, was always looking for the guy that we have, Max Greenfield. I, I love him. He, Is he, he from New Girl? New Girl, exactly. He's hot. He's dope. And he was, <laughs> and he was on, he had, I guess he had another do, deal that didn't go right at the end of pilot season. Found out his show didn't go, and they were like, we want him. And with that, they went and got him, and then they went and got Beth Beers from Two Broke Girls. And so now we so now we had this kind of formidable cast, because I had a great wife uh, with Tashina Arnold uh, as my wife. So she's and not it, the wife anymore? Tashina, who? Oh, she's still the wife. Tashina was my yeah, right. wife already. So the, uh, the, the, okay. the, the butler side was very strong. It was cast. <laughs> right. And the other side didn't mesh up in the network. It was like, we need stronger people, better actors. And so when they got Max and Beth, it took the show up another level. And so it was great. So, you know, we, we shoot in the 12. And we, you know, of course, like everyone in this time of year, you hope for the back nine. And then Gotta you get hope the back the nine. That's right. Though. So you're working nine. with my friend Tom Sherman? Tom Sherman is the boss, man. He's good, right? He's a good dude, man. I've been, 
You know, he used to be like in the MTV days too, right? Oh, right. And was he at CW when you did Barbershop? Yeah, back then. uh, Oh, that's right. Yeah, was he? I think he was, but he did scripted at CW. Yeah, maybe yeah when I did Barbershop because Justin Rosenfeld, Justin Rosenfeld, and then there was somebody else that that I've worked with many times that was over Justin. Uh, The Uh, woman? No, a guy. Guy over Justin? Yeah, he's worked with uh, Justin had a department in right. the, the big the guy. Dude, yeah, and then he's he was my guy too. Now, I can't think of his name. <laughs> There's right a lot now. of guys. There's a lot of guys. Is it, yeah. So the Barbershop show that was based off the movie, kind of like the reality competition version, right? Yeah, it was something that you know, again, another uh, producer friend of mine I like a lot. He you know, always comes up with shows, and he just he you know he had this idea about doing a Barbershop competition show. And we started to develop it out because of my connection to the movies. Yep. And and so that that show was really it was fun. It was fun to be able to go around and really go inside the world of the barbershop, show people what it was like. I think that we got too shiny though for to make the authenticity. That's what I was just, it's so funny going back to how Comedy Get Down was on the wrong network. I feel like right. that show should have been on BET. Like you could right. have done the like the barbershop show right. actually probably would have lived in the better version on BET. See? Are you with me? This is what people <laughs> need to Right, because you know, again, in the ideology of what can work, you know, people buy they buy things and you you know, we you know, we are here. We, we wonder what networks buy what and why. Oh my god, and you're always and like, that's like, the one that ah, went there. Really? That's yeah. the wrong place. I don't get it. So <laughs> No, but it's true. But like, you can't do a shiny barbershop. Like the whole thing of barbershops yeah. is that they're down and dirty. Yeah, and I know like this this, this producer wanted like big right. what he thought was tent pole items, right. and so it was fine at first. But then it never felt authentic, authentic. Yeah, to the culture, and therefore we couldn't grow an audience. Yeah, and the problem is also CW's technically broadcast. Right. Which is, so you know what I mean? It's just different in the way it's produced than cable. Yeah. So which is true. why it's really exactly. hard to sell a network. You know, broadcast, like unscripted to broadcast. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Well, see, this is the thing. You this is why we don't need to talk. It's your show. You got, you got knowledge. I got, all the no- I got all the knowledge. Yeah. And then one other uh, reality show, perhaps you've heard of uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? A millionaire, you which was a game show. That was fun. Did you go to Connecticut uh, for that? Or I making didn't. that a. Okay. What happened was I yeah, did it in ha- New York. Oh, New York. Okay. Yeah, I did it in New York. And when it was going to move to Connecticut, that was it for me. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, that's I was not like, a, yeah, I'm not going to That's a bridge too far. That was like, <laughs> that's a tunnel too far. Oh, uh, no way, sir. I'm not yeah. doing that. But that, yeah. it was it was the kind of thing, like, you know, for me to leave. And because you would shoot a hundred and something shows in like three months. And so for me to like have to be away from the family or bring them there it's a pain. to live. I was like, I can do it in New York. I can't do that in Connecticut. Right. Like, that's not going to do it. It's so... not working. It's not working. No, I'm not going to do that. So you've been married to the same woman. Like, you're a Hollywood anomaly, right? How many years? Uh, We celebrated 19 years, September the 3rd. God bless. Two kids. Two kids together. And then I have have an older girl. And your older daughter, does she work in the business? No, no, no. She's she's in the medical field. She does, like, medical coding and stuff. Oh, like... And Smart she lives in stuff. St. Louis. And oh, she, nice. And I have a granddaughter now. So I have Mazel a little tov. Bitty grand, That's baby. great. Oh, my well, she's God. She's two now. So Do you love it? Cute. Yeah, she's cute. Spoiler rotten. Cute, but yes, of course. Yeah. I can't believe you're a grandpa. Yeah, I know. It's, That's like, weird. I really go with my sexy. You know? <laughs> It's like, we got to resell this. I'm a GILF. We got to rebrand. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. We're rebranding. I think yeah. that's your next CBS show is GILF. Yeah. Right? Grandpa. <laughs> 
It's actually not. I think we may have just found your next show. That's classic. That's crazy. Well, you are the best. I love you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you, man. You're the best. All right, cool.